Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Good morning, Billingshurst Family Church. My name's Pete, if you don't know me. Today we're going to be continuing our series in the book of James, picking up from where Neil left us a couple of weeks ago. Um, We're going to be looking at James chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. But before we hear those verses, I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can open it up and study it together um, and that even 2,000 years after it was written, it can still stir us and encourage us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be speaking into our hearts now, into our individual situations and uh, challenging us this morning. Amen. Let's hear from those verses. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone's a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled, before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So how do we live out our faith in our day-to-day lives? I think that's the question that James is asking in these uh, verses that we're looking at this morning. How do we do that? And I think, how do we apply that to our lives today? Because James is writing to the Jewish people that are now living amongst the Gentiles. And he's giving them this really practical advice. But I think it still applies to us today, even this many years later. I think there's a real temptation as well for us that when we're living in um, how we are at the moment, with our lives slightly on pause, we're not in our usual daily routines of going to work or going to, to the pub or whatever it is we normally do, that we can think that our relationship with God is kind of slightly on pause as well. And it's really, really not. And I think that's what we want to take from this morning. It can, in fact, be a more of a challenge, actually, to apply these verses to us today because... These are practical things that we can do and apply even today. And we have to do that within the context of our own home. And I think that is what the real challenge is, because it's with the people that we know best that we have to kind of put these things into practice. Wonderfully, though, the Bible is our source and our guide of of how to live. So now more than ever. And James James calls the Bible um, in these verses the implanted word, as it's written inside us, on our hearts. He calls it the perfect law, the law of liberty. Um, We are called not just to be hearers of that word, but doers as well. So we're not just listening to people preach, we're not just studying the Bible um, on our own, Um, we're actually looking how to apply that to our lives. And James uses the simile of looking into a mirror. So I've got a mirror here. Just as a visual aid for us, when we look into a mirror, what is it that we're looking for? What, what do we want to see? 
or what are we looking to see? We often, well, we're looking to see imperfections. We're looking to see, noticing, you know, that spot or that hair out of place. That's what we're looking for, isn't it? So that we can actually do something about it, so we can see what our reflection is like. And when we read the Bible, we're holding up a mirror to our hearts. We, if we notice that, you know, our hair is all messed up, or there's a spot there, we want to do something about it. We get the gel out or the brush or we do something to try and change what we've seen. But so how much more should we be doing that when we read the Bible? How much more should we, when we read these life-giving words of scripture, every time we open up God's word, he wants to speak to us. He wants to reveal something to us. Maybe something that's going on inside that we, we weren't really aware of. Maybe there's an issue with pride. Maybe... God, there's a challenge that we're facing that God wants to speak directly into. If we ignore the words that God is giving to us, that what God is revealing to us, then it becomes just a pointless exercise, doesn't it? We, if we don't do anything about it, then nothing's going to change. And um, if we then walk away with doing nothing about these things, then we're only fooling ourselves, thinking that we're really living for God, that we're living out our relationship with him that we're growing closer with him because actually he wants to give us many, many blessings. And he does that when we take the words that we receive into our hearts and then put them into practice. Because we often use the phrase as Christians, don't we? Uh, that we are, we are in a walk with Christ. And that's exactly what it is. We are walking, we're not standing still. So there's energy, there's momentum and there's movement involved in our relationship with God. We have to go and do things. And that is how we become more and more like Jesus every day. So we have these three ways that James refers to that kind of categorise what he says is a, a pure and undefiled uh, religion. So we, but we can take that also um, to understand that this is how to live. This is what categorises real faith with a real relationship with God. Um, so we're going we're gonna to look at those three things um, just now. So the first thing that James says that categorises real faith is from those first few verses in verse 19. Let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to anger. So these verses, um, they echo uh, other parts of Old Testament scripture from Proverbs 10, 19. It says, whoever restrains his lips is prudent. And now I've been studying these verses this week and let me tell you, there's, God has definitely nudged me to get some direct application on these verses just this week. And I also get reminded of um, when the woman is caught in adultery and brought to Jesus. And he takes that time to write in the sand. And this gives me that, that inspiration, that example of, of taking that time to think about our responses before we give them. God is so involved in our lives. God is so interested in every part of our life, in our conversations that we have and how we carry ourselves during those. It's quite an easy scenario to think of. If you think of a sitcom, someone that might run into a scene blabbering and starts talking before they've really understood what's going on and makes a real fool of themselves. And I think that's one of the things that James is trying to prevent here, uh, just putting our, our foot in our mouths, as it were, and saying things that just make us seem foolish. Um, and there's a, there's a pace that James wants to, to highlight, a pace of life that we should be living at, being quick to speak, 
uh, being slow to speak, sorry, and quick to hear. And doing these things really gives the person that we're listening to, uh, it shows that we care about them. It show, puts value in them. So Professor uh, Jordan Peterson, who's a clinical psychologist, explains something called active listening. And one of the things he says um, in that is how that process works. Is actually listening to someone actively is showing them that actually you might learn something whilst you're talking to that person. So often when we're trying to communicate, when we're in conversation, we're just waiting for the next gap to say our bit because we think we've got something more important to say. But actually, if we stop, we really listen to that person, we might learn something ourselves. It might help us be wiser and smarter. And I think that's something that James is trying to highlight is something that uh, in our walk with God, um, that's what we should be doing. When we interact with people, someone who's a Christian should be doing those things. I think it might be a good thing for you to do this week in just direct application to this sermon to write down a name of the, of the person that perhaps is winding you up the most or someone that you realise you've been short with this week and you need to practice that mentality of being slow to speak and quick to listen to them. Ask the Holy Spirit now to be prompting you um, if there's a, someone in your house or you live that you live with Maybe if you live alone, there's someone you speak to a lot um, or just people you're in contact with that actually you need to think about how you're interacting with them and seeing if it's in line with what James says here. The second thing that characterises a real faith in God that James refers to is how we treat the oppressed. He's echoing parts of Old Testament wisdom here. There's patterns throughout scripture of making sure that the widows and orphans, is the word that James uses, are looked after, looked after and cared for. And it's great to see the Billingshurst Community Support Group doing that. I know my wife's been involved with that, um, picking out prescriptions for people, doing their shopping, all sorts of those things where we're just looking after those members of our community that need care. Um, it isn't clear from this letter whether James is talking to uh, about a specific issue and that's why he's including it. Or actually maybe it's just that he really wants to emphasise that this should be a hallmark of God's people. That um, within those communities, the, weak, the weaker members, the vulnerable, the oppressed are looked after. The, there's a quote that's um, attributed to Gandhi that says, The greatness of a nation can be judged by how it treats its weakest members. And I want to ask us this morning, who are those people in, um, in our own context? Maybe it's someone in your household that often gets overlooked. Maybe you can think of someone in your workplace or school or college um, that perhaps is, is uh, picked on in some form more than most. Um, but who are these people in your context now? How can you look after them? Maybe there's someone that's being... Um, in like a game or a forum that you're on that um, is being bullied. Maybe you need to address that. Or maybe there's a wider context for you. Maybe there's a group of people that are on your heart, uh, a ministry that you want to get involved in. And actually right now in this situation, you might not be able to do that. Maybe you can only give financially at the moment. That's like the only safe way you can be involved. But I would ask us now to be asking God maybe, who do, you, who do you want uh, me to look out for, God? Who do you want me to, to care for? And maybe that's, so when that opportunity comes, 
um, that you are ready to serve. Maybe you need to get things in place now during this time so that uh, when you can, you can go out and serve those vulnerable people that God has put on your heart. The third thing that James uses to categorise real faith in God is keeping ourselves unstained from the world. John 17, uh, Jesus prays these words. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. So this is the calling given to us by Christ. And James uh, calls us to live out this pure and undefiled way of life. But we, so we need to be aware of the, world, the influence the world has on us. We're born into a sinful world, so we're never going to be completely unstained. But we need to be aware that being in the world has an influence on us. I remember when I was single some years ago, uh, someone spoke to me about how, my, how I was approaching dating. And he asked me whether I'd read any Christian dating books at all. And when I said I hadn't, he said, well, how do you think your approach for dating is? How do you think about it if you haven't had any Christian influence on that? And that was a really good point and it really made me think. Romans 12.2 famously says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable and perfect. So we need to be thinking about how our minds are being renewed. Because through the media, through the books we read, the TV and films that we watch, the music we listen to, all these things are influencing our minds. James writes in these verses, he says, put away all filthiness and wickedness. Uh, keep oneself unsustained. So these actions have to be taken on. So we have to do those things. We have to be putting away stuff. We have to keep ourselves away from those things but there's more he says then receive with meekness the implanted word so this is a two-part process we have to put away the things of the world and then we have to take on the truth of God Philippians 4 verse 8 verse uh, Philippians 4 verses 8 and 9 says whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there's any ex excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So first we need to think about the world and its influence. We need to even ask ourselves that question, does it influence us? Do we need to be rethinking, um, rethinking some of the TV shows we watch or the films we watch? And we go to God and say, actually, is it okay that I'm watching these things? And some of those answers might be different for different people. Paul tells us uh, in Romans about the fact that he would not eat certain foods with some people and he would with others. So those answers are going to be different for different people for how they influence us. But we need to be open and honest and ask God those questions. So first we are removing those things that um, are not helpful, that are hindering us in our walk with God. And then we need to make sure we are taking on those things that the Philippians verses say about, that those things that are excellent, that are pure, that are true and those are lovely things. With all these three things that I've mentioned this morning that characterise real faith in God, Jesus is the one who encapsulated these things perfectly. He lived a life that was perfect. He only did what he saw his father God doing, looking after people, 
bringing healing and redemption to their lives. God calls us to study his word well, apply it to our lives, and when we inevitably get things wrong, we need to turn to his son Jesus, who lived a life of perfection. So when we study the Bible, we should notice these two things. First of all, when we hold that mirror up of the, of the Bible, like I mentioned earlier, that we, should, we notice our imperfections and that should stir us into action to do something about those things. But it also, secondly, it should also show our desperate need for a saviour. Because we cannot expunge all the imperfections from our past or the things we might do wrong in the future. But Jesus has. Jesus did it all. He lived a perfect life, which means no longer, we no longer have to feel condemned for the things that we've done wrong. But we can celebrate in the freedom that he bought for us on the cross and that we celebrated just last week. And if you want to know more about this Jesus that I've been talking about this morning, that we've been singing about, um, then you can reach out to us through the church website and contact us. We'd love to talk to you more about that. I'm just going to close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful word that calls us to action. Thank you that, to live out a life of faith in you on a daily basis. Even now, is such a challenge. But we thank you that you are with us through all those things. We thank you for your son, Jesus, that he died and rose again, who won freedom for us, so that when we mess up, you still welcome us with open arms. I pray that you would help us take action this week by addressing those things that you put on our hearts from today's passage and to walk more closely in the manner to which you have called us, Lord. Amen.